Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Should you ever set foot outside of the motel, you will be shot. Don't miss the new Showtime limited series based on the international bestseller. For the last four years, I've been a prisoner. Why are they keeping you here? Starring Emmy Award winner Ewan McGregor. This is the brave new world that you dreamt of. Be very careful. You are still a prisoner here. Everything in this new world comes at cost. This is still my country. A Gentleman in Moscow. Now streaming on Paramount Plus. Only with the Paramount Plus with Showtime plan. Freaking first cut. Golly! Welcome to the First Cup Podcast. I'm Rick Gaiman, and this is your Sunday recap for, oh boy, RSM Classic, DP World Tour, Tiger, NBC, anything else we can get our paws on. Joining me to break it all down, Patrick McDonald is here. Hello, Patrick. What's going on, Rick? Sleepy part of the golf schedule? I think not. Plenty to get to and uh, pumped to talk to you. A lot has happened. A lot needs to be chatted about. I refuse to waste any more time. Our first topic. Eldrick Tiger, the Cat Woods, will be playing the Hero World Challenge. He joins as a sponsor's exemption in his own tournament. Yeah, I guess you can you can probably get that. With Justin Rose and Lucas Glover to close out the 20-player field that will take, uh, take it to Albany, not next week, but the week after. Patrick, the last time we saw Tiger Woods was at the Masters. He ends up withdrawing during that event. He also played in Riviera in February. That is the only two times he has teed it up in 2023. This will come in December of 2023. Yeah, and only five times since that car crash in 2021. Uh, some decent success. I mean, he's made four cuts, but I I'm a little surprised that he decided to play in this. But you think about where he's teed it up. This time of year, the past two years, it's always been the PNC championship with Charlie that has ties to the PGA tour champion. So he's allowed to use a golf cart and he has the last two years or a buggy as he calls it. And he's going to have to walk all 72 holes, but maybe we should have seen this coming because Tiger kind of started poking his head out of the cave a little mm -hmm. bit the last couple of months. He was down there at the worldwide technology championship uh, at his golf course there. Stuart Sink said he was in go mode. Whatever that means for Tiger Woods, he was at the hay hitting some chip shots, some wedge shots in his Call of Duty hoodie. He was caddying for Charlie in junior tournaments. People were projecting him to win the Genesis Invitational. <laughs> he was at Charlie's high school's championship, whatever, that got a shout out on Golf Channel today. So maybe we should have seen this coming in. When you think about what this tournament really is, it's a super laid back affair. It's Tiger and his buddies, and it's a perfect spot for him to see where he's at, right? It's a flat golf course. It's going to be nice and warm out there in the Bahamas. He gets to test, you know, his health, that ankle, newly fused. When you think about fusion, you think Tiger Woods, you think about Asian restaurants. You can test your new recovery habits that he might have, and you can test your game against Scotty Scheffler, Victor Hovland, Max Homa. So, it does make a lot of sense, but I was still a little surprised when the news dropped. Yeah, I think you're right that uh, when you read between the lines, Tiger, who's, you know, you don't see a lot publicly, but you're right. It seems like every single week, every other day, here he is, he's doing this. Oh, he's walking and carrying Charlie's bag. The ankle looks good. He said, you know, once that ankle is fused, it's uh, the, the ankle's no problem. The rest of the body kind of a different story, but he said that that ankle's no problem, le uh, a much less predominant limp in videos that we've seen from him. And then just, I think it was a day or two ago where the shots from a clinic that he was putting on where he was hitting full drivers. And that's when I thought, all right, he's hitting full drivers. I don't know if he's going full speed or not, but we're getting somewhere. Maybe it's Riviera again, but dude, Riviera at the end of January in, in early February, those 6 a.m. tea times are frigid. They're cold. It's not great. You're this, this, you're right. This is going to be 
uh, late tee times because there's only 20 guys in the field. It's going to be warm. It's going to be sweaty. It's going to be flat and wide open. I don't know how he's going to play, but if you want to give it a go, here's where you do it. Yeah, it, it makes all the sense in the world. Like you said, when you think about what Tiger should be doing when it comes to regular season golf, it, it is not playing in these elevated signature events with the most difficult fields on the most difficult golf courses. He should he head out to like Palm Springs, he, he, like these nice temperatures, nice climates. But instead, he just he I mean, he's a military man, right? He, he's obsessed with the military. He, he likes to go through it. So so it, I mean, I'm happy he's back. I have zero expectations, really. 72 holes without an injury, without him looking in any sort of pain. I think everyone can agree that would be a very successful weekend for Tiger Woods. And I'm sure he'll hit some golf shots that people will post and be like, oh, my God, he's back. 2024 Masters, put it in lock. And he's going to hit some golf shots that, you know, you you or me might hit. So it, it's going to be kind of smorgasbord of what we'll get. Yeah, make it out in one piece. I think that's the goal. As you mentioned, very top-heavy field. We've got one, two, three, four, five, six of the top ten players in the world. That's Scotty Scheffler, Victor Havel, Max Homa, Matt Fitzpatrick, Brian Harmon, and Wyndham Clark teeing it up. You're also going to get a little bit of Jordan Spieth, a little bit of Cam Young, and, and Keegan, and Colin Morikawa, um, amongst others. And then those final three spots, as I mentioned, Justin Rose, Lucas Glover, Tiger Woods. It's not an official PGA Tour event. Patrick, if Tiger were to go out and win it, it would not be number 83. Um and I just think that, yeah, I don't have any expectations except the fact that it will rate highly on television and Twitter. Correct. And he's come back at this tournament before. I think it was 2017. He came back from a back injury, uh, played decently. He So it, it makes all the sense in the world. He's going to be hopefully okay throughout the four days. And, I mean, we get to see Willie Z too. Let's not uh, lose sight oh, of that. Uh, we could opine on Tiger for much longer, but really that, that that's basically it. He's going to play the hero. We have no idea what to expect. It's going to be a 20 player hit and giggle. We'll check it out in a couple of weeks. Uh, another big name in the world of golf, Rory McIlroy, I've heard of him, has stepped down from the PGA Tours policy board, something, Patrick, that he has been a staple on the last couple of years, obviously being the most outspoken uh, member of the PGA Tour in terms of everything that has gone on with Live Golf and, and all of the deals and non-deals that have surrounded it. But uh, Rory has said, quote, I just think I've got a lot going on in my in my life between my golf game, my family, my growing investment por portfolio. Love that. My involvement in TGL. I just felt like something had to give. I just didn't feel like I could commit the time and the energy into doing that. Yeah, I, I think this is kind of a long time coming for Rory McIlroy to finally think about Rory McIlroy because yeah. when, when you go on you have to be a little crazy a little narcissistic and a little bit clueless to want to be on the PGA Tour policy board <laughs> because if you're someone like Rory McIlroy who's open to anyone of all rank the top tier players the middle tier the lower tier he's getting approached on the driving range for 30 minutes by guys like Lonto Griffin and he's trying to juggle their needs and wants with those of someone like a Patrick Cantlay. And there is a 0% chance that you're going to be able to appease the top 10 players in the world and the bottom 10 players of the PGA Tour. It's just not going to happen. So for Rory to finally step back, I think it was a long time coming. You heard it after the landmark agreement was announced that he felt like a sacrificial lamb. <laughs> and, and so... Good for him. Good for him to be like, I don't need to do this anymore. We have Tiger Woods on the board now. I can always get the inside scoop from him if I really want it. There's other good guys on it as well, like Peter Malnati and Charlie Hoffman. So the board's in good hands. And I guess with his departure, the next thought comes to what's going on with the negotiations between the Saudi right. Arabian PIF and the PGA Tour. And Rory has backtracked like a right fielder during the Barry Bonds era ever since nice. Piff has Piff has been, you know, involved. He, he's okay with the money as long as it's used in an effective way uh, to grow the game. I, I love that quote. Mm. And, and so I'm not too sure if there's a tinfoil theory out there for why the timing was now, but it's just inevitable that people will have them. Yeah, there is, there's a ton, right? The, the timing of it is interesting because everyone says, well, this, this, 
definitively means that the PGA Tour and the PIF, they're, they're going to get an official deal done. Then you'll hear others say, oh, this means absolutely not. Um, I think that there was a very small window for Rory to get out of this, right? So uh, we talked about this a lot when the framework announcement came down. Everyone was in the dark about how Jay Monahan had just thrown Rory McIlroy under the bus, had spent two years running him out there to be that sacrificial lamb, and now it, it was it was time for slaughtering. And I think it would have looked um, childish. I think it would have looked... Like I'm taking my ball and going home. If he, if, if two days later, Rory McIlroy would have left the player, the player board. I also think that he doesn't, Rory doesn't want to be on it as we get closer and closer to this December 31st deadline of when the framework expires. And if, is there going to be an extension? Is something going to become official? So this is like a two week window in which you can kind of get out of this policy board situation, uh, not look like you're taking your ball and going home, but also not being involved in the stuff to come. Exactly. And I think, you know, he became a bit of a controversial figure during this two years where he said everything from live is dead in the water. He could not be more wrong about that to I hate live to now I want to work with the Saudi <laughs> piff. So he's been, he's been all over the map. Some has come with new information, which is totally allowable. And some has have come, you know, come across as a bit of hypocrisy in my opinion. So for him to kind of move back out of the spotlight out, you know, he'll be away from microphones more times than not. Now I think, fans will probably start to like him a bit more. I mean, he is one of the most popular guys on the PGA Tour, if not the most popular. But general golf fans, I think, will kind of come back to the Rory McIlroy camp with him departing the, uh, the board. We've got a couple of weeks to go until the end of the year, six weeks or so. Uh, what's your current pulse on framework? Is it Does it fall apart before the end of the year? Do they get an official deal done? Do we get some type of extension? There's a, I guess there's a couple of options here. It's going to get extended. Mm -hmm. uh, I think, yeah, I'm I'm just going to say that. I don't want to like put my neck on the line and say, God. <laughs> say a date that I have in mind, but I think it's going to be extended. I think there's going to be multiple investment partners and that will include the PIF. So you think that, uh, and these are the, these are the, you know, rumors we heard, whether it has, you know, Fenway wants to make a bid or whether so-and-so wants to make a bid. You think that there will be outside money coming in. A percentage of it will be from the PIF. A percentage of it will be from other investment companies, groups, whatever that might look like. And that will be palatable enough for everyone. Correct. Okay. I think that's pretty. What say you? I think that's a pretty fair assessment. I, I definitely, um, I'm very much like what they laid out originally where it's just the piff and all like that is not going to happen. I'm like no. pretty firm on that. Um, I think that, I think that the, the, the scenario that you, that you just described is, um, allows the players, the tour to get their money. They allows it, allows themselves to, uh, you know, separate themselves a little bit from the PIF. I think that that, I think that they would feel that that's a good enough solution. Cause I, I don't think they want to go back to it's us versus them. And now we've angered them and they're just going to dump another two or 3 billion into this. They have to be involved. They, they really do at this point, but you can kind of play the field at, at this stage, given how much interest there is between Fenway, the friends of golf and right. uh, all the other parties that uh, want a piece of the PGA tour news on news on news. Uh, this one out of NBC, Paul Azinger's contract, not renewed for 2024 five year deal uh, was up at the end of, of this year. NBC decided not to renew it. They thanked him for his service, but Patrick, this was seemingly, unexpected you know azinger uh worked the Ryder cup you know we didn't get sometimes when someone's knowingly you know they're not going to be sometimes you get like a little goodbye tour certainly not not what happened here so this seems like it's a surprise move they had the goodbye tour for johnny miller they had the goodbye tour for raj roger maltby last year and 
I guess Tommy Roy and the boys said not for Zinger this time around. So definitely seems like this came as a surprise. And I think the general golf fan on Twitter, which is a small subsection yes. of golf fans, see this as a positive. He had a way of kind of misreading situations at time, mm -hmm. I think is a politically correct way of saying that uh, he had a way of misconstruing player skill sets at times, calling Corey, Corey Connors, Connors the greatest putter <laughs> to ever live. Yeah, it's just like, yeah, no, I got you. Uh, he had a moment that stands out for me personally is a Wyndham Clark chip at the U.S. Open. I believe it was number nine, the par three. He said, "There's no way." This ball is going to get close. He chipped it like 20 feet past. He's like, see what I mean? And then it started trickling back closer <laughs> and closer. And it ended like five feet from the pen. Uh, but at the same time, he brought something to the booth, which I really appreciated. And what, what exactly? What what was it? Exactly. A bit of spice, you know, a little pressure, a little, you know, something. He was a little zany. He, he kind of reminded me of a drunk uncle at Thanksgiving at times. And you guys moan and complain about your uncles but at the end of the day you know what you're looking forward to at thanksgiving what crazy thing he's gonna say and so you can talk about it afterwards yeah, but here's what's great about that patrick you only have to see that guy once a year <laughs> well, not not 32 <laughs> weeks a year every weekend it's not as fun when your zany uncle lives with you that's fair but i will say my concern moving forward is lack of criticism in the booth when it's when it's warranted i'm not sure enough guys this day and age out there given their ties to players given how they want access to certain players on the tour can kind of give that critique when needed i agree that th this sport is not critical enough of i mean literally it's just it is all rainbows and unicorns in the booth and I, i'm not saying you have to go and crush these guys and all that but it, it is definitely not critical enough because of the relationships that are out there and nobody wants to hurt anybody's feelings and all that. that's fine um i don't know if zinger zinger was i don't know if he was i found it just to be more negative than critical you know what i mean <laughs> just like i didn't see i think he was like having a good time or i don't know and yeah i think he laid on pressure as a crutch and listen it's not an easy job uh i'm interested to see who they replace him with you know th this is an opportunity i said this when cbs well you know was was before they announced uh bringing on trevor like this is an opportunity to get younger this is an opportunity to change things up a little bit to be a little bit competitive i um i don't know who that guy is or who that girl is or who that per like i but I'm interested because they're going to be in our life. Again, they're going to be in our life a lot. Are you going to throw your hat? Are you going to endorse someone in the 2024 race for the chair on NBC broadcast? Who, who, I mean, who's even on the short list? I wonder if they could bring smiley into the booth. You have Brad Faxon McGinley's done some stuff for them. What no, if they, no, no. what if they, what if they bring in Brandel Chambly? No, he did a little us open action. Give me Shane um, Bacon. What if they – the thing with Shane Bacon is he's more the announcing type. I don't think Shane wants it. Well, I'm, not sure also, it's like a great, I'm not sure it's a great job. Um, I mean, I, I, I would happily take it if we're just throwing names. <laughs> well, yeah, like for you and me it is. But like <laughs> – but like if I was Shane Bacon, like I think I think I wouldn't want it. I don't know. It's kind of it's kind of weird, man. It's 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 a it's a lot of travel. It's a lot of scrutiny. It's a lot of work. Um, I don't know. What what if they bring back uh, Sir Nick, a full no. heel turn? No. Um, he did some Sky Sports stuff this year. What about Rich Beam, Sky Sports guy? What about uh? You know who I do like, uh, and I don't know where he's at or what he's doing now. I like Justin Leonard a lot. Okay, he's been an NBC guy. Yeah. I like Justin Leonard. I I think does it have to be a former player? Yeah. Why does it have to be a former player? I hate that trend as well. But what? given how networks go about it, they have certain criteria for certain positions on the broadcast team. And one of the bullet points is 
former player. But it doesn't, the guy hasn't played, like it doesn't bring anything. It's not like he was just out there five minutes ago on the golf. You know what I mean? Like you're not bringing anything additional to it that, that someone else couldn't bring. You're telling me like at the end of Johnny Miller's days, I probably could have beaten him on the golf course. What was yeah. he like 70? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It's kind of, a maybe bizarre. they bring him back. You and I were talking about this like uh, in Vegas. Like I get rid of all the announcers. Just give me like natural <laughs> sounds. I don't like just natural sounds. I'm fine with that. I don't need announcers anywhere. And then you were like, how about like 13 <laughs> announcers? Yeah. Like two on every hole. And I was like, okay, we need one or the other, not four. <laughs> yeah. We're, we're stuck. We're stuck in the middle of, of the solution right now. We got to go one way or the other. I would like to see a short list. I'll, 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 uh, if I could get a short list, I'll, I'll endorse somebody. I don't even know who, who's, who's in the mix right now. I, I'm gonna guess it's Brad Faxon. He spends a lot of time on tour with guys, doesn't he? Like he's Rory's putting coach. Yeah. So, so but I always feel like that's too close. Yeah, I'm, I'm biting my tongue. So when Rory, so when Rory misses four putts late. What's Brad Faxon going to say about that? Stroke looks great. Must be mental. <laughs> Must be the imperfections of this golf course. Yeah. <laughs> Who designed this dog track? Yeah, it's tough, man. It's tough. I don't know. I don't know. We'll have to think more about that. Um, we've got more to talk about. We've got uh, an event that ended uh, across the pond, DP World Tour Championship in the books. RSM Classic is done. A couple of young, exciting winners in each one of those. And then we've got to recap our best bet. So let's do it. We're going to take a quick break and hear a word from our partners. Did you know that more than 75% of Americans will experience foot pain in their lifetime, but only 10% will seek out a solution for that pain. Those numbers do not add up to me. And I know it can be confusing the biomechanics of the foot, the bones, the muscles, everything in between, but solving foot pain is simple. And that's where super feet comes into play. These super feet insoles go into your shoes, give your feet comfort and support where they need it the most and redistribute the forces that reduce both stress and strain through your entire body, not just your feet. Insoles have been uh, phenomenal for me uh, personally, and they are clinically proven to decrease fatigue, reduce injury, and improve comfort. I can attest to that myself, especially when walking uh, a lot of golf holes that I play. So if you feel good, you play good, you look good, everything works out from there and it starts from the bottom up. Visit superfeet.com and enter promo code FIRST at checkout for 15% off your first order plus free shipping. And we're back. While many of you were sleeping, Nikolai Hoygaard won the DP World Tour Championship by two shots over Tommy Fleetwood, Victor Hovland, and Matt Wallace thanks to a Sunday 64 highlighted by a stretch of golf. Why can't I expand this? Where he made, there it is. Thank you, Josh. Where he made four, five consecutive birdies on the back nine there, that would be uh, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17. Five straight birdies, holds on, and wins the DP World Tour Championship. Yeah, the shot on 17 was pretty nasty. That's right about when I decided to uh, turn it on after my morning walk. And from like 200-ish yards, it was like a six iron, I think. Throw it in there four feet, and then he heads to the 18th, goes for it in two from the left rough. Uh, the announcers thought he might decide to lay up, but he went for it with a long iron, got it greenside, put it down to four feet and missed it. And he buried his head in his cap. But at that very same time, you know what happened? Tommy, 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 Tommy Fleetwood. Three putted the 17th green for a bogey. Uh, pretty much ending the golf tournament and giving it to Nikolai, who played just phenomenal golf and we talk about what was at stake this week obviously Roy McIlroy had already won his fifth race to Dubai given his regular season but there are PGA Tour cards as well and Nikolai Hogard is someone who's going to be on the PGA Tour next year someone golf fans are only going to get more and more familiar with 22 Ryder Cup member already three-time DP World Tour winner Rolex Series winner as well really strong off the tee great wedge player and and for you know, just to look at the whole landscape of professional golf, you have Ludwig at 24 winning today. You have 
Nikolai at 22 winning today. It was, uh, you know, a really cool golf day in, in the world of golf. <laughs> March 12th, 2001 is when Nikolai was born. That hurts. That is disgusting. That hurts. It is. It is truly, truly painful. A runner-up finish at the Ned Bank Golf Championship last week, a win in Dubai this week. Uh, Patrick, the concept of a post-Ryder Cup bump, a post-President Cup bump, it, it seems to come up quite a bit. Is this another point of evidence of uh, such a team format? That's a good question. And I think the DP World Tour kind of posted a little clip between him and Rory waiting off the 18th green after the tournament ended and them kind of just shooting the shooting the crap together, uh, talking about tennis, talking about their backhands and whatever, who just let it be known out there. I think I could take Rory in a match on the tennis court. Um, and I think it just helps with maybe not the confidence. Sure, the confidence comes with, you know, him carrying John Rahm that one match. He, he made like seven birdies on the front side to keep them in it. And then Rom went bananas on the back, but a, a sense of comfort that, you know, I belong with the that, Rory McRoy's. I belong with the John. Yes. Yes. And when you already have the talent and you can add that comfort level that you belong, that, you know, it, it's uh, it makes for a very dangerous and very exciting uh, future career for someone like a Nikolai. Thrice a winner on the European tour. He is actually beaten. So when you look at his wins and who the who the runners up were, there have been one, two, three, four, five, six guys that have lost to him in in three wins. Four of them are Englishmen. He's just he just crushes Englishmen. And Tommy Fleetwood has finished runner up to him twice. So Nikolai's got uh, Tommy Ladd's number, and this is now the first player not from the U.S., the U.K., or Spain to win this event since Rory did it in 2015. The last five winners is a pretty good list of names: Nikolai, John Rahm, Colin Morikawa, Matt Fitzpatrick, and then oh yeah, John Rahm did it again. But it was Rory McIlroy uh, who wins the the season long race to Dubai. Patrick, we we knew this; it was not in doubt this week. Didn't matter what he did in the event he's got his uh, fifth big trophy on the mantle yeah and we go back to his time at uh, on the policy board it's really incredible that his two best statistical seasons have coincided with it and so for rory McIlroy to kind of get that monkey off his back to focus on his game his investment portfolio hopefully <laughs> i'll be an investment uh, an investor in that as well and i'll be an investor in rory McIlroy for the next couple of years but uh it wasn't all clean sledding for the Hogard family. Matthew Pavan made like five birdies late, like raced to the finish line, kicked Rasmus out of that 10th spot. So the top 10, not otherwise exempt on the DP World Tour, got into the PGA Tour today. So guys like Ryan Fox, Adrian Maronk, Ryder Cup snub, shout out to uh, my Polish friends out there. Uh, Olison, Thunder Bear, another Dane is coming to the PGA Tour. So there is a lot to play for, and, and Rasmus, unfortunately, was uh, just just shy of getting that tenth spot. I want to next time somebody asks me how I'm doing or if I'm busy, I'm going to be like, yeah, just keep an eye on my investment portfolio. Like, just work that. That's that's good stuff, man. I got to do that. My yeah, golf game, my family, my investment portfolio. Yeah, let me just. Uh... I'm checking mine right now, actually. Strong stuff. Strong. Yeah, I'll check mine. It doesn't take very long to check. Yeah. <laughs> Don't worry about it. I only have one place to look, and it's not not a big number. Stateside, you mentioned it. The youth in this game and how good they are at their young age is just never-ending. And Ludwig Oberg has done it again. A phenomenal fall that just capped off with his very first PGA Tour victory. He already had a DP World Tour championship under his belt earlier this year, and it was a pair of weekend 61s. That's nine under, 61-61 on the weekend to win by four shots over Mackenzie Hughes. He left strokes out there today. Yeah, he did. He, he Par on the par five, bogey. On the 12th, he had a few kind of nasty lip outs as well. He missed a short birdie putt as well. This easily, easily could have been like a 58. And his 61 yesterday, 
he was field average on the greens. He gained over like he gained almost like six strokes from from tee to green. I think it, it was just a clinic the entire week. His lone drop shot came at the twelfth today. His only bogey of the entire week, and it, it's just really impressive stuff. And it, it's been ever since he's come out of college. These past this past half year has been a show. In particular, the last eight starts, he has eight straight top fifteen finishes. He has two wins during that period, his Ryder Cup debut as well. And this wasn't, I know he won by four over Mackenzie Hughes, but this wasn't really given to him. He had four opening birdies to open up a four-stroke lead, and then Hughes came back with four of his own. He hopped on the birdie train right off, right after uh, O'Bear stepped off, and he made four, cut the lead to two, made a really nice par after having to take a drop for an embedded lie there on 11, and kind of gave... Bear everything he could handle. And, and so credit to Mackenzie Hughes for that, who after a pretty miserable season played really, really good this fall. But th this was just, just class personified from, from Ludwig. 77 days is the time frame in which he's won on the PGA tour, the European tour and a Ryder cup in 70 since, since September. He has done all of that. You go back a little bit farther, uh, and it's it's just more top tens. I mean, it's stupid. Are we are we are we seeing something really really special, or just something like it's it's very easy to be a prisoner of the moment, right? It's very easy to say, "Holy crap, this six months has been unbelievable." He's answered every question that has been asked of him. He is he is going to be a superstar. He's going to be a, the number one player in the world. It's easy to do that right now. But may, like, where are the flaws? And he plays such a modern game. And the swing is, I don't even know where it could go wrong. Like, I don't know where something could get out of line. It is terrifying what I think he might end up being. It's very scary. And Sean Martin uh, sent out a tweet. He was on the ground covering the event for the PGA Tour. And he, he was hanging out at a Starbucks every morning that the players went to. And he overheard a couple players talking about it. And one guy said, you know, this guy could be the next freaking Tiger Woods. And the other player said, I just don't see a future where I am beating Ludwig Obert. Yeah, and one, one of the guys was Wesley Bryant. And oh, really? Yeah, he replied. He goes, I'm player two or <laughs> I'm player one. And it's just if, if you are someone who's in your – like mid thirties right now, pushing 40, someone like a Mackenzie Hughes, who's a winner on the PGA tour played unbelievable golf. This, this weekend, he shot 60 yesterday. And I think he shot 63 today and he still got clipped over the weekend by Ludwig too. It's just gotta be so disheartening. And yeah, I, I, I don't know if it's prisoner of the moment or what, but I mean, the sky's the limit for this kid because he's so good off the tee. I put it out there. He might be the best driver of the golf ball ever when it's like all said and done. He is so straight and so long, and his miss is like a little little wipey fade, which you can get away with most times. And so the next thing is obviously major championships. He's got the first one at Augusta. He's in the field for that. He's got yeah. the PGA championship as well. So like you said, his game's built for major championships. Mm -hmm. And if the learning curve is similar to his le learning curve on the PGA Tour, he's going to do a lot of freaking damage. Yeah. I'm glad you mentioned it because I think he was, what, 52 in the world, 53 in the world coming into this week. So this will move him up into the top 50 and uh, punch his ticket over to the Masters. And just, yeah, just he had a lot to play for. He got it done. It, it was phenomenal stuff. I have a couple different ways I need to take this real quick on Mackenzie Hughes because we had his scorecard up there. Josh, if you want to throw that back up, this is pretty dirty. When you beat, uh, he beat the rest of the field by three shots. So he was 25 under. Eric Cole, Tyler Duncan finishing a tie for third at 22 under. So he's three clear of the field and you still don't win. I mean, you do not, you do not get these opportunities a lot. And this is why the common refrain on the tour is how difficult it is to actually win because you've got to be the best. I mean, there's times where that, that we might've just seen Mackenzie Hughes's ceiling. Not good enough to win. 
I think we did. Yeah, not good enough to win this event. Yeah, he he wins this event last year. If that happens, yeah. if 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 Ludwig's in his econ final right. around this time, he wins this event, and you know I'm really ha- Mackenzie Hughes is one of my favorite players on the PGA. One of my favorite guys on the PGA Tour has always been super nice to me, and he was someone who was super critical of this new schedule, super critical of them kind of leaving behind that middle class portion of the PGA tour with the new signature events and whatnot. And he had a really bad 2023 season. He came back this fall, had a nice start there in Mexico. He seems to always play well at the RSM classic could have easily won this tournament, but finishes second. And I believe he finished first in the next 10. Yeah, that's right. the FedEx Cup. yeah, Josh, I think we have this as, as well. Yeah. So I, I agree with you. I loved that, um, you know, Hughes had a very rough go recently, but he was able to kind of put it together for the fall. He is golfer number 51, which is basically the first of the FedEx Cup fall. Uh, he, Bo Hossler, Ludwig, Ludwig doesn't need that spot. Ben Griffin, Taylor Montgomery are 51 through 55. Then Kucher, Hardy, JJ Spawn, Sam Ryder, who played well this week, and Luke List, they're all going to get their spot into the signature events, the first two of next year, which are Pebble Beach and uh, Riviera. Yeah, so I love when someone kind of puts their own destiny in their own hands. He had no choice, but he, he you know, answered the bell, in my opinion, for someone who was critical of the schedule, critical of the way they were going about things, for him to kind of shut up and let his golf game speak, uh, I love. And Mackenzie Hughes deserves a ton of credit for that. And also, my boy Taylor Montgomery. He got a little he got a little Patrick magic on that flight home from Las Vegas, Rick. It was 5.30 a.m. flying out of Vegas. Absolute idiots on that flight. Who flies out of Las so, Vegas at 5.30? Hold on. Can I, uh, can, can I say what day of the week that was? Yeah. It was Wednesday, right? Yeah. So yeah. He flew to Seattle Wednesday morning. I was gonna ask him about it, but the the line behind me, he was he was in economy plus. <laughs> okay. <laughs> he's, he's he's number fifty five in the FedEx Cup. He can afford that Netflix bought my flight. So I wasn't I wasn't complaining anyways. But he he's in I think seat eight A. Mm. And I, I know I've I spotted him from a mile away, Rick. I reach over everyone, I go. Hey Taylor, Patrick McDonald, CBS Sports. It's a pleasure. Good luck this week in Seattle. <laughs> wow, he, well done. And he's like, huh? He's like, he's like, it's five thirty, kid. Keep it moving. <laughs> like, Who the hell are you? <laughs> and but yeah, I was like, I, I was like, do I fade this guy in round one? Like, why is he showing up so late? Yeah. But uh, I mean, That's he weird. he's the Tiger Woods of the fall. Like I, you said. I, I saw that text and I was like, oh, that's interesting. And I was like, wait a minute. He should be there by now. I was, <laughs> it's not a short flight. <laughs> when, I, when I was looking up uh, or when we we're boarding the plane, I was looking up the field. I'm like, is he in the field for the, for the RSM Classic? Like he should not be flying right now. We flew through Houston to he probably went to Jacksonville. Um, yeah, probably. But yeah, I mean. Doesn't need practice. Practice? Doesn't need it. Played well again this week. We'll see. We'll see in January how Taylor plays. Uh, rooting for him, but evidence is mounting that he's a he's a fall killer. Uh, Josh, let's see the 125, because this was the other thing that we were kind of dealing with uh, here in the FedEx Cup fall. The top 125 locking up their PGA Tour card. So the last five in, Peter Malnati, Matty Schmid, Andrew Novak, Doug Gim, Troy Merritt, first five out. Now these guys will just be kind of reshuffled and they'll just be, you know, different qualifications. So it's not like you're never going to see these guys on the PGA tour, but that would be Carl Yuan, Henrik Norlander, Mav McNeely, Pat Kazire, and CT Pan. Yeah. I think uh, Kazire was saying he was going to be going to final stage Q school. I think there's five spots up for grabs, but if not, you can, I think there's a new way where you can go to the DP world tour if you really wanted to, or you have conditional status on the PGA tour, which is typically like on the highish end, I think 15 starts. So like you said, Rick, they're not just going to disappear. They're going to have some status on the PGA tour, just not full-time status. Uh, But yeah, I mean, there are a lot of guys who kind of screwed the pooch this week. Doug Gim is the cut. Uh, Troy Mayer didn't have a great week and for them to get through, I think they're relatively lucky. And, and so, yeah, <laughs> I 
it's so sick that the guys who are going through first stage, they go through first stage and then the guys that, um, you know, automatically got into second stage through various qualifying, they come in in second stage and you got to deal with them. Then you get to the final stage and the PGA tour guys who just missed their cut are now invading. Like it's each stage gets harder and harder and they keep putting more and more great players in. I don't know how anybody gets through. And I, I think it will be very interesting of those guys who finished outside the top 125, who goes to Abu Dhabi December 8th for the live promotion event. Yeah. So, um, you have to have, I, I don't have this, the, the qualifications up in front of me, but there's like qualifications that you, you have had to have had to, to participate in that. But yeah, I mean, there's three spots, uh, three spots available. Is that right? Correct. Three Andy Ogletree won the, international series so the he order, gets order spot. of merit or whatever yeah the international series so he and diego tree gets a spot three spots up for grabs and the pga tour i mean it is it's not a circuit it's it's not a tour it's like a one-off qualification event so they can't really stop anybody from going over there and playing they don't really have that jurisdiction if you will so imagine yeah i mean if you i mean i, I have no idea you know pat kazire is probably not one of these guys but um you know imagine if you're golfer 125 to 150 you go over, get hot for four days. I think it's four rounds. And now you have an opportunity to be on live. And you're like, well, wait a minute. Should I just, should I just do this? Should I play my 12 events and rack my cash like that? It it, it could create some very interesting scenarios. Yeah. I, I would not be surprised if there's like five to 10 guys from the PGA tour, maybe even more, honestly, from 125 up who decide to go to Abu Dhabi. And the way they do it, it's super, super quick. Like you have the top 20 from day one advance. Yeah. Scores get reset. And then you bring in the next crop of guys. And then they keep doing that in the final days, 36 holes. So it's going to be quick and tense. And it could really change the trajectory of someone's career who's been a PGA Tour journeyman all this time. And all of a sudden, he's like, oh, my goodness, I have a chance to play on live for a lot more money guaranteed. Now, see, I would watch the hell out of that on YouTube. Like, yes. if, if, is that out of, can that be broken out of their CW deal and put back on YouTube? Like, uh, like all their first events were where it was so easy to watch and so easy to follow. Like, I would watch the crap out of that. I know. You're going to see some like crazy names in there. Like, oh, that guy's still around? <laughs> <laughs> uh, real quick, before this week, it was a given that Eric Cole was going to be the rookie of the year. It was just, it was, it was over. There was no way for him to lose it. Uh, then as Ludwig got into contention, I think the conversation might've been, well, the only way he can lose it is if Ludwig actually wins this thing. And sure enough, he does. So here are the two resumes. Uh, Eric Cole played 37 times this year, made the cut in 27 of them, had two runner up finishes, seven top tens. Ludwig only played 11 times, a win, a runner up and three top tens, but seven top 25. So this is actually interesting because one guy's one guy's results are way better. Ludwig's are better, but Eric Cole did it longer, three times as long. Does longevity matter here? I think it's I think it's Ludwig. Oh my god. I, it's oh. I, I tweeted out it is both funny and sad that Eric Cole played 37 times, had rookie of the year honors in his grasp for pretty much the entire season since the Honda Classic. And then Ludwig comes along, plays 11 times, and is going to take it from him. And I, don't, I, I, don't think, I don't think you can win it in the fall. I don't think I, they can. I don't think you can. I mean, Cameron Young did, but I'd like my rookie of the years to win, personally. I think it was Eric Cole. Cole's up to this week, and if Ludwig finished second and Mackenzie Hughes won, I think you could give it to Eric Cole. But since... The Swede has the trophy. I think you give him the Arnie Palmer as well. Mm, you side with Eric Cole. I'm genuinely torn on it. I think I would, if I had a vote, listen, I, okay. Ludwig's going to win a lot of stuff. Let's, I, let's like, I agree, I agree with the sentimental part. <laughs> I, I totally agree. It's like, oh, 35-year-old is such a good story. 57-time minor league tour winner. Ah, uh, sorry, bud. <laughs> I don't think that, um, and no offense to the guys in the fall, because I know we had a great, but like, you don't get to beat up on everybody but the top 50 
and win the rookie of the year in a third of the starts as the guy who had to play against everybody all year long. I don't, I don't, I don't give you credit for that. So I, I would vote for Eric Cole. Wow. Okay. We're split. I'm voting. Oh, bear. I was going to say, not that it really matters. Like who can you name? So hold on. I'm trying to go back. So, uh, yeah, let's Cam Young. Yep. Is that last year? Yeah. Yep. I was there. I was in Uh, South Carolina. What a moment. Scotty. Yeah. Sung J.M. Okay. So now we are in 2021. Was I might be a year off. Did Sahith win one? No. He was, he won the Haskins. Correct. Xander Shoffley won one. I think Justin Thomas won one. Yeah, he Daniel did. Daniel Berger. What was that? That 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 fifteen class. I think might have been. I think it's JT. Seventeen was Shoffley. Uh, Russell Henley's a winner. Chesson Hadley is a winner. Oh, here we go. Thanks, Josh. Aaron Wise is a winner. Oh, we skipped Zal Torres. Zal Torres. Yeah. So Scotty was twenty twenty. Look, Some... look at. Look at all these no win losers. Yeah, Berger. I knew that. Cameron uh, Young, Will Zalatoris, Scotty Scheffler, just losers. Well, first off, this, <laughs> this list is old <laughs> because uh, Sung JM has, loser. Oh, this is no. This is this is their wins in that season. I know that none of oh, them okay. won. So oh, you okay. got to. I think you got to give the tip of the cap to the guy who won a golf tournament. If if they don't, if Eric Cole wins it, that would be five consecutive years in which the rookie of the year didn't win. Yeah, it's like, what are we rewarding here? A nice season? It was a nice season. It was it was a very nice season. <laughs> he changed his life. But uh, literally, yeah, yeah. Um, but sorry, hmm. I forgot Zaltor's won it. That's on me. I did too. Shout out to John Hull. Chesson Halley was on that list. I know. I called that out. He won uh, in. A tropical location. Uh, Puerto Rico? I think so. Yeah, Mm. I'm going to say that. I think he won there that year. Speaking of winning, we did have some winners on the betting card for this week. We are going to recap that. But first, we're going to take a quick break and hear a word from our partners. And we're back. The best bets, which are obviously brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, make every moment more we kind of limped to the finish, a little whimper, but we 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 did we did okay. So uh I had Norin over Corey Connors. Nailed it. That was the only matchup that we won. What happened to JT Poston this week? Dude, do not get me started. Talk about a choke job down the stretch. He made like two sixes on his back nine today. One was on a par five. Couple one, more, yeah, more he, made bogeys. A, he made a double on two, which was his second nine, mm-hmm. and then bogeyed six and seven, which were his uh, what 15th and 16th holes of the day. And one was a par five, and he lost by one to Cameron Young. But to Jack Fisher in the chat, who said, Wasn't Cam Young a big disappointment this week? I totally agree, it's it's getting fraudulent, in my opinion. Yeah, dude, yeah, I was all about that. Like, this might be a problem. Like what? What are we doing, Cameron? Young? You take away the two weeks of the John Deere Classic and the Open Championship, which I understand that's a pretty big damn week. But you take away those two weeks, and he really hasn't done anything since the Masters. It's not, and, and like the metrics aren't as good. He's not. Yeah, there's there's some some red flags for sure. He's gonna win the hero though. <laughs> oh, definitely win the hero. Uh, Taylor Pendrith top thirty, no. Victor Hovland top ten at the DP World Tour, yes, runner up finish. And then Brendan Todd top twenty, no. What happened to Brendan Todd? A uh, couple couple strokes short of this. Kind of kind of the story of the week. Yeah, close but no cigar for you. We did not have Ludwig on the card, which we had Ludwig on. We've had Ludwig on the card every week since he turned pro. Yeah, this is a tough scene. That's usually like you, you're Kyle's typically good for a Ludwig outright play. So I'm going to blame him. Kyle also had another runner up finish with Tommy Fleetwood. Dude, I bet on Tommy Fleetwood personally this week. And it's just when he sniffs a lead, just oh, it's, it's so sad because it's like 
it's like a movie you've already seen you know the ending it's like marley and me at the end almost it's a great movie but you know what's going to happen at the end and it's going to cause you tears and it, it's just uh you hate it so depressing Kyle with three runner-up finishes in the last two weeks, and he was the only one of us who lost his best bet, which was Homa and Albon to win the Netflix Cup. That that did not happen. Justin Thomas, Carlos Sainz won the Netflix Cup. You and I took care of business with the best bets. You did uh, get the Tommy Fleetwood top 10 and even money, and I got Will Gordon top 40 at plus 125. So we will end the fall Four out of five of us in the black winning on the best bets. Mark was the one dragging us down, but otherwise a 21% ROI from the group as a whole. I like the other slide more, Josh. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the matchups really killed me this, uh, this fall swing. But yeah, best bet wise, look at us. Who would have thunk it? And as someone who's just newly... New to the space of monitoring my investments, 21% ROI. I could not be happier for pretty much a quarter worth of work. Here's uh yeah, here's my investment portfolio. All right. Hey Rory, I'm checking out my investment portfolio right now. Yeah. 21%. 21%. Come on, boy. ROI. Come on in. The water's fine. Go back to the other one, Josh. Do we have the <laughs> go back to the uh overall numbers? Yeah, listen, hey. That as a group, that's a two percent. If you're winning, mm. I'd rather win two percent than lose two percent. That is true. And if we took out really, Mark, if we took out Mark, it'd be a lot better. <laughs> Both these and, and and me too. <laughs> um, only six wins. That's really tough. I I don't know. I got to go back to the drawing board on this. I am a little nervous for uh the combination of one and done plus Oof. betting that proved to be. <sighs> I can't a wait. bit of sensory blitzkrieg for my tiny brain. So that and only year one. It was my rookie season last year. It wasn't quite as good as Ludwig's or Eric's. So hopefully I, I can uh, make that year two leap. I cannot wait for one and done. That is going to be so good. I already have them all mapped out. <laughs> Lock them in right now. We'll hold you to it. Yep. <laughs> okay. Sony <mapped> open. <laughs> all right, Patrick. A lot, a lot has happened. Anything else that you want to talk about or do you want me to? Just give you your Sunday back. Uh, I, I don't really have anything else. I feel like we hit it. What? Tiger, Rory, Ludwig, oh my, uh, Nikolai, Singer, Wood, so sad, sad boy. He's in the Xander category, honestly. Wet socks. Um, I really, I got nothing left in me. All right. I'm actually a little bit worried that my uh, Chrome is about to freeze. So I think I'm just going to end it. So uh, big thanks to producer Josh does all the hard work behind the scenes next week. We'll I'm sure we'll be doing something. Keep an eye out for that. We're not going anywhere. Uh, Patrick McDonald available on the internet at amateur status. You can find me at Rick run. Good. This has been the first cut. We'll catch you next time.